Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their sex magic. <laughs> uh, I am your host, Josh Griffey, joined on an exceptional uh, treat of a day by our friend and often co-host, Carmelita Valdez-McCoy. Welcome to the show. Hey, friend. Thanks for having me back. Yes, I think Alex, uh, his body had hit the end of his his plessiers, right? <laughs> and so uh, he's a really busy guy, right? He's shooting a new show right now. But with 31 pods in 31 days for this October marathon, uh, we didn't have time to slow down. So we threw Alex's used up flesh aside. <laughs> and Carmelita was nice enough to uh, join me here to finish off the last three movies of the Hellraiser franchise before we get our new Hellraiser movie. Uh, this month so uh thanks for joining us again carmelita i did give you the out clause that if these were so unbearable for you you could run and you stayed which is exciting oh i did i stayed i mean i'm a person that likes to push themselves yeah see we're puzzle box people right <laughs> right to the to the extreme. alex is a guy in the corner like don't do it guys it's not Please worth don't it, do it. <laughs> yeah i'm just like no yeah let's fucking go how uh, far can we go and right we went yeah they really uh you go pretty deep in these <laughs> all right before we get started uh brief little bit of business here guys we are on patreon patreon.com slash film alchemist pod you can find me alex carmelita a lot of our friends over there uh we work really hard to try to have a lot of content over there so you guys feel like you're getting your money's worth so again that's patreon.com slash film alchemist pod that's the only way you'll get every movie this month, right? We got three or four of them are going to be over on Patreon. So make sure you go over there. Uh, you get a vote on the movies. All kinds of fun stuff over there. So please join. The support is greatly appreciated. The YouTube is Film Alchemist. The email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find us. And uh, get at us on social, guys. Share all our cool stuff with all your cool friends. All right. Enough of that. Carmelita. So we've been on this long journey, right? This is movie eight. So today we're doing yeah. Hellraiser Hell World. You guys know the deal. 31 days, 31 pods. We cover entire franchises because I don't know about you, Carmelita. We think this is a fascinating exercise, right? It's obvious that you'd want to yes. do a couple Hellraiser movies, but I think it's fun to look at a franchise in totality and watch the evolving ideas where they think that there's a, a lane to tell a new story. So we started with Hellraiser. Hellraiser is my all-time favorite horror movie by a mile. We were kind of talking off air, right? I just, I love the world of this idea, right? I love these these characters, these kind of ghastly, you know, flesh-peddling monsters. Um, I think it's safe to say, because this is the last Doug Bradley movie, right? It is. So for those of us that love Doug Bradley, and I do, um, this is kind of a sad note, but, you know, as our horror villains and actors age, right, we got to move on. Um, so this is kind of a, the MTV internet age Hellraiser. I don't know that I would say this is a glorious send off for Doug. I don't know that they fully utilize the, the conceit of this massive Hellraiser online, uh, role-playing game, but I think it's pretty fucking fun, man. Like this movie for, for where it lacks in some of the kind of Hellraiser story and mythologizing. They still made a pretty fucking fun early 2000s horror movie, in my opinion. So I'd like to kick it off to you to uh, start off with your opening thoughts on Hellraiser Hell World with the tagline that I never don't laugh at, Evil Goes Online. 
<laughs> but not really. Kind of, but not really. Kind of. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> so I had never, this was my first time. Nice. This was my first time. And this was definitely my first know, time sober. So it was an experience. I didn't know what to expect. And I got to tell you, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. That's what I'm saying, man. You get wild ass Lance Hendricks. You get yes. baby Henry Cavill. It's pretty fun. Well, and there's a, this was something that struck me watching how world like it came out in what 2005 mm -hmm. but it feels very like late 90s 2001 yes. at the latest yeah and like the they were meta, reaching back to the good old days right? yeah there's like this like meta kind of scream quality mm -hmm. to it that i really enjoyed yeah about it i think you mentioned the world of Hellraiser. Like, I love the Hellraiser universe. I love the yeah. lore of this, the characters, the the themes that come up in a Hellraiser film. And so to see them kind of explored in this different way, yeah, it was fun to watch. It was fun to yeah. watch. It's not the masterpiece that Hellraiser is. Let's just <laughs> put that on front street. We could just put that on the tag of almost every Hellraiser movie. But yes. when I told Alex, right, at this point, when you're eight movies in, I'm looking for what does this movie do really well, right? What is the nugget I can take and add to my kind of Hellraiser fandom, right? Um, what I would say off the bat is I think this is one of the worst kind of Penhead and Cenobite movies. And thematically, it's pretty weak because there's not a lot of exploring going on, per se, right? Sure. What I love about the Hellraiser franchise, it, it's kind of can be omnipresent across genre, right? It's about, as you said, right, the inner darkness in us being exposed, right? Us having to confront the hard truths about what happens in our own minds and hearts, the shit we can't say out loud. Especially in this age of internet, I think there's a real fear of people like, oh, if I say what I really think, I'll be canceled or in trouble or whatever, um, I think a lot of people say that for their bad opinions, right? I don't think that happens to like normal people. Um, right. So that's probably a weak excuse, but that kind of fear is out there. You hear it. That's a fascinating thing to explore. I think instead what we get is just this cast of like hot people just kind of meandering through like a Halloween Horror Night version of Hellraiser getting got, right? There's not a lot of like, because sure. when it starts, I was like, oh man, we're going to do this, right? This kid gets sucked into the game. He's digging a hole in his basement, right? He gets all fucking, you know, pinheaded. And they're at a funeral. I was like, this is a great place to start, right? That being sucked into internet culture and going too far, right? And he, we've got the sad brother in the church. They're all kind of, you know, oh, debating opening, over what's happening. It's great. The nuns, the Gothic cathedral, the choral yeah. hymn, the statues, the crucifixes. Yes. It's, it's, I like it. I See, it. that's where I thought we were going. And then once we leave that church, they're like, no, no, not today. Right? <laughs> Instead, these kids that see their friend be so melted of the brain that he's going to destroy himself, right? They're just like, bummer, man, but we gots to hit that party. <laughs> so, again, there's not, there's not an enormous amount of introspection uh, in this crowd. <laughs> have, there's a couple of characters that are a little more self-aware. Yeah. And a little more they have a little more reflection yeah. on the part that they may have played in right. their friend Adam's demise. <laughs> but yeah, most of these kids could give a shit. 
But here's something yeah. interesting. And you mentioned that this isn't like the best use of like the pin of pinhead and the Cenobites. And it occurs to me mm-hmm. that it still kind of works though, because especially yeah. when we first all started getting online mm-hmm. and there was still like, and I mean, it, to, on some degree there still is this disconnect between the tangible real world yeah and this virtual space mm-hmm. where things don't feel real yeah and we kind of disconnect from the idea of what i do online yeah as real tangible consequences yes and so it's kind of it is kind of cool that a lot of what our characters, our little cast of of young 20-somethings experience is in their heads. Yeah. Rather than like in the flesh, like you would expect in a Hellraiser film. This is the least amount of flesh in a Hellraiser movie. Right. The currency of the Cenobites is, is flesh. This has the least, uh, by virtue of what it is. But no, I I agree with you, right? This is my father always says in a very unenlightened way that the reason people behave this way on the internet is because I can't be there to punch him in the face, right? Like all those internet trolls that just live to fucking berate people with horrible shit, they might not say that if they were standing in front of like the rock himself, right? They're not gonna like, you know, say some shit to him. I don't know if that's the society that's better is like we just can't say things because we're afraid giant people are going to punch us in the face. (laughs) But his point is somewhat merited, right? There is this this wall of anonymity and and hiding, right? The Internet becomes the puzzle box that lets us unleash our darker selves. So, again, I think that's a fucking wonderful place to start this movie. I just don't know that it's utilized to maximum effect, right? I do like your theory that the reason that these are so two-dimensionally thin characters is because essentially they're just their Sims version, right? They're just kind of walking around a house doing that stuff. They're not really in the world where they have to be human beings. Like Henry Cavill in this movie is literally just a walking hard-on. Like that's all yes. he is. That's all he exists to do is crush, <laughs> crush pussy at every turn. Um, And yeah, so I do like that. I also, again, I think this movie drops like, by half of its enjoyability if Lance Hendrickson is not in this movie. Yes. Um, he is wonderfully demented. Is kind of our pinhead in the the flesh, but not really the, the virtual flesh, if that makes any sense. So yeah. what what'd you think of Lance in this movie? Oh, I loved him in this. And wonderful. And again, right? like Lance Hendrickson really takes me back to like the nineties yeah. and early two thousands. And so he just really fit with the whole tone I was yeah. getting from this. And he always oh. brings, ah, there's just something about his line delivery, something about the way <laughs> that he delivers a character, like the performance yeah. that he gives. He just brings this special Lance Hendrickson something. And the <laughs> film definitely needed it. Yeah, like a lot. But that's the thing. He almost is like the avatar of Pinhead in the game. Yeah. Who has yeah. his own avatar, which is strange. But he has that presence when he delivers lines just as himself without the mask and the nails and all that. It has this Pinhead quality, this ominous, larger than life figure. Yeah. Kind of, you know, talking in circles. And you're like, I don't trust whatever this guy's saying. Yeah. Kind um, of talking he's, in, he's in riddles. For that. Yes. 
yeah. riddle talking. I don't know if I've ever met anyone who talks in riddles, but I think I would immediately <laughs> run. I think I've been trained enough now to be like, this is not okay. We got to get the fuck out of here. But yeah, I thought he was, he was kind of the perfect middle ground for this movie, right? Because by this point in the franchise, I think a lot of them suffer from too little pinhead, right? Like he's not an enormous part of the first movie, right? Like a lot of that movie True. takes place. It's this kind of small family drama trauma story, right? And that works really well. And he's just there for like the crescendos, right? Yeah. He's he's the drum fill, the guitar solo of the movie and it's perfect. I think in this at this point he has been somewhat reduced to this guy who just comes in and says his same catchphrases, right? Um which again that kind of works well with this conceit of this video game world. There is a part of me that if they're going to go this scream route and really address head on what the pinhead mythology has become with the Cenobites and the priest and, you know, the box and all that. I kind of wanted them to go there and talk it out. Right. It, there's one moment when she's like, I get it. We didn't touch the box. So like it's not coming, whatever. She kind of like gives away the whole game of the movie really early on. Yeah. Um, I would say by this point, the kind of rules of the box have already been pretty fucking waffling anyways. Um, but there is this idea. I really wanted them to get into this, right? That Penhead, so that we live in a world where Clyde Barker and this movie exists and it become this, you know, dark lighthouse for those of us that have maybe a little bit more of those tastes, right? Wonderful. People go online to play a game where they can explore that they think safely, right? Right. Wonderful. I really wanted them to dig into why Hellraiser? Because my, my one biggest hiccup with this setup is I don't believe any of these kids come home from working at the Abercrombie store and just are like, ah, I want to go dig through the fleece. You know what I mean? Like they don't feel like the types. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. do you think a lot and, of frat bros stay up? Like, Oh man, did you fucking explore like hell alley five with, you know, the, the hook island shit. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. We don't learn enough about these kids. Yeah to really get what is it that drew them. Yeah. Although I will say, and maybe some of this is, is the fear. Maybe some of this is like a reflection of the societal fear right. that like, if it's online, kids won't be able to help themselves. They'll participate. Oh, in so they're preying on the nice, like magazine model kids. So yes. me as a parent now can be like, dear God, dear oh my God. God. It can happen to anybody. <laughs> You know, I like that. That is a great insight. I love that. Because when the rea the reality is, is that yeah. just because it's there doesn't mean every single person is just not going to be able to help. But yeah. people, some people are into it. Some people aren't into that it. That was because we're of the same era, right? That was the big deal when Columbine happened. Mm. That all of our parents immediately had to go ransack our room to look for Marilyn Manson or Doom. <laughs> Right. Cause they're like, my kids will do, you know, like I've killed millions of things digitally. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Like watched all manner of horrible films. I have no fucking tendency to this kind of behavior, but I do like, I do feel like perhaps you're doing a little bit more work than some of the people working on the film. I am. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is where criticism matters, right? To fill in those gaps. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm overthinking it. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I think I that's what this that. is for, though. Maybe that's why, right? <laughs> like when you go to the museum and they have that bullshit room where it's like a 12 by 12 white canvas with like one red circle on it. 
Yeah. The people are just like brilliant. And you're like, is it though? Is it though? Is it? Or is this just something we're all too afraid to seem like the dullards? <laughs> so we pretend that it's like, oh, I do get it. It's like, no, I don't. I feel like when I'm in a museum, half of the stuff in them, I'm like, why is this here? What is this? Why? What the fuck is this? Like, why is this cool? Why do we still pretend that, uh, what's his name, Jackson Pollock is cool? Oh, the splatters. The splatters. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a novel idea. I, I appreciate his artistry to fucking bilk people out of their money for the the high art version of scribbling. But, like, don't tell me, like, oh, the yellow fucking slash is, like, this emotion. Nope. It's not. It's just a guy splashing paint. Like, let's call it what it is, right? That's what Hellraiser is about. Let's get down to fucking brass tacks. Oh, yeah. Um, and maybe In that's what this is, right? This is the Jackson Pollock uh, reflection on yourself, right? How much are you willing yeah. to pour into that blank slate? Absolutely. Because definitely, <laughs> definitely, like, once, once these kids get to the party, I feel like there's moments where it seems like, hey, we're exploring the, their fears. The, you know, the yeah. one kid is afraid of being invisible to, you know, socially invisible. I love no that talk scene. To him. Yeah. Like some of that stuff is is really clever and really well done. And then you have other scenes where you're like, okay, they just wanted to have people having sex, like just for the it, fun of it. That's kind of the constant <laughs> disconnect of this second half, right? You have yeah. this awesome setup. They go into this Leviathan house. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Hit me with I all of this. There. The birth of the box, right? La Machamp, yeah. whatever. Like, hit me with this. The nun that was obsessed with the box. Yeah, right. Pussy or whatever show, Henry show Cavill says. Show me her. Says. I want yeah. to see her. Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, all these nuns went ape shit and, like, fleshed each other out. I was like, that's great, right? Lance Hendrickson walking us through the spooky Leviathan house as it pertains as this, like, you know, center of the Hellraiser universe. I was like, yes. And then it just devolves into a frat party again. You know what I mean? They had these cool masks and the cell phones. I was like, this is a lot of good pieces they're setting out. Yes. And I'm really in. But, like, the guy who thinks he's invisible, that's a wonderful scene, right? He can't get a drink. No one's talking to him. He turns around. They're all fucking chained from the ceiling and shit. It's great. Love that. The comparison to that is then Henry Cavill, who's like, I just want a blowjob. Because this girl <laughs> whose boyfriend just died isn't really into me. And then the blowjob is connected to him getting meat hooked. And you're yes. like, those don't, those don't line up as well. But Henry Cavill's so delightful in the movie that you're just like, yeah, like he he's great in this movie. He, he really was, was so very little. good. He was so, I, I almost know, didn't recognize him. I, so like 20 minutes in, I actually had to look it up. Cause I'm like, that can't be Henry Cavill. Like in my mind, I'm like, that cannot be Superman and the Witcher. This yeah. guy just getting a blowjob in a reading chair, a winged back chair in the middle of a dance floor. I was like, this cannot be the humble origins of Kal-El. Little did we know it is. Um, oh, it is. <laughs> I actually thought the cast was doing their best with what they had, right? Like, Yeah. I, I think that's the thing, right? This movie has a lot of wonderful pieces and a really good cast. Again, I, I don't think the a lot of the deaths and the pinhead Cenobite stuff really panned out in the way we wanted. Um, so I'll just ask you that. What? How did you feel at the end of the film when you realized that Pinhead is actually not involved in this story at all? We're essentially just watching like, um, you remember in Jurassic Park when, uh, you know, the fucking old guy walks up and he's talking to yes. Mr. DNA. That's what Pinhead is here. He's he's Mr. DNA of Hell, Hell World. Um, I felt a little cheated. I was a little saddened 
What did you think of this this revelation? So. With the preface, it does explain why the kills are not to the level of other Hellraiser yes. movies. Uh, yes, that is true. So that that works. Well, and, I mean, I was I was I thought it was kind of clever when mm. we when we first start to see that they've been drugged. Oh, yeah, with the tarot and the sprays and all that. Yeah, yeah. like I thought that was really clever. That Dug was really that. cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it definitely like there's a moment right. where <laughs> Chelsea, the Chelsea character played by Catherine Winnick, uh, where she kicks Lance Hendrickson and it's like so cartoonish and weird. And I was like, what <laughs> the fuck is this? Oh, like she moment. gives him the Busta Rhymes, Michael Myers, like, like yes. crane kick, right? Like yeah. a roundhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. bizarre. And I was like, what <laughs> the hell just happened? And I it was like, that from that moment forward, like, my skepticism was up. I was yeah. like, what is happening? And so then when it's revealed, you know, that they've it, all this hallucination, I'm like, okay, well, yeah. that kind of explains the kick. Yeah, I guess. But then how did know, she know this... she had the power? Maybe her mind just immediately manifested. I I really don't know. She's just like, <laughs> I want to destroy this guy. And her brain made that happen in the game. You know, trick or treat, motherfucker. Crah, I guess. And, you know, and we get a lot of exposition. Like it starts to kind of unravel for me. And yeah. But at the very end, well, almost the very end, when we. When we finally, like, when they're rescued, mm -hmm. you know, and we get some real emotion yeah. out of the Chelsea and Jack character about getting out. And then we see Lance Hendrickson is finally has to, like, face consequences for this mm -hmm. evil. That he, like, that, I, like, I was kind of back on board. But there was definitely, like... Yeah, felt a little cheated, felt a little yeah. too contrived. Yeah, the the idea, because this part is a little soft, right? That he is a, a derelict father. Mm -hmm. His son kills himself, and his wife, or ex-wife presumably, finds baby mama, right, partner, whatever. They don't really dig in. Finds this kid immolated in the basement, right? He kind of burned himself and all this shit. Which is gnarly. And so his response, I don't know what his job is, right? Because he essentially at one point is like, I'm an expert on the Hellraiser mythology, right? Which it seems like he is. So his response is he's going to just design this elaborate metaverse, but for Hellraiser, right? So the amount of coding this guy had to do or pay someone to do to trap them in this drug-induced box. Because also, I was like, when they're in the coffins, I was like, I don't see any wires and shit, really. Like, is this just like a shared drug hallucination? I was like, they could have done like a shamanic, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we'll bind you in the drugs, altered state kind of thing. Right, yeah. Some um, kind of like shared. Yeah, because it's obviously illusion. a shared reality, right? Right. So, yeah, that part all gets very squishy. It was awesome at the end when Pinhead comes out and like the, you know, the dirty prostitute you know, hell or whatever. Yeah. And Pinhead says, your son was a prodigy. He opened the gateway to hell. How's that for a wake up call? And you're like, mm, maybe not that one. 
But I did think that was cool is that this this website was somehow calling to these these creatures that maybe as technology had come and pushed further ahead. Now they have to find different ways into the world. And the fact that if someone goes far enough, they can still actually bring this hell out. I thought was a that was a nice little cherry on the end. Right. Um, yeah. It's a nice touch. Use some of that a little earlier. earlier. Yes, I agree. But yeah, I, I mean, overall, I thought it it mostly was finding its ways, right? Like the script is a little flippant at times, right? Um, I fucking died laughing when Henry Cavill asked the girl if he could see her puzzle box. Yeah. I yes. was like, classic, <laughs> love that, right? <laughs> so they caught a lot of that kind of shit in there. Yes. They did the thing that a lot of horror movies do in this era that drives me nuts, where they all have the line where they're like, "What is this? A bad horror movie?" And you're like, if you're not careful, yes. Like, have you yeah. earned that? Have, have, have Has Hellworld hit the peak where it can turn around and mock so many others below it? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, the script was a little on the nose at times. But, again, so what did you make of kind of the use of Leviathan House and the Cenobites and the, the pinhead we do get in the confines of this world? I... I think especially for for this being the eighth film in a franchise. Yes. It was really cool to see all of that aesthetic in this Leviathan house, almost like a museum. Yeah. I also was like, I would definitely have gone to that party. Yes. For sure. <laughs> I would live in that house. Are you kidding yeah. me? You'd have to drag me out. <laughs> oh, that's like... That's my aesthetic. Yeah. I would I'm sleep at night in one it. of those little bottles with the other fucking fetuses. And shit. Yes. <laughs> and and so I like that, you know, in the, you know, in the first Hellraiser and, mm. and some of the, the subsequent, it's like people are like living in their regular world and, and there's that one or two characters mm -hmm. that are trying, that are seeking the extremes to get out of the regular world. Yeah. And and they call Pinhead to them. Mm -hmm. In this one, it's like there's this a museum mm -hmm. to Pinhead and the Cenobites and their dimension. And it's like you have all of these quote unquote normal or average people <laughs> being straight, tourists yeah. in this house. Yeah. That's a museum to that world. It's yeah. it's really interesting. Well, yeah, the, the Hellraiser series to me always kind of function on, right? This was a story written by a gay man in the 80s. Yeah. And so there is this, this overwhelming subtext of the dangers of allowing yourself pleasure, gratification, right? Sexual mm -hmm. gratification for him back then was considered an abomination, an assault on society, whatever. You take that to the next level, right? And we see all these unhappy fucking suburban squares or whatever. And they fall into these traps, right? These, like, you know, marital traps, whatever. And when they finally pursue pleasure, right? The inevitable lesson of Hellraiser is that the more pleasure you seek, you inevitably have to spread all this pain behind you. Only to then meet, uh, you know, the Hell Priest and discover that there's never going to be enough pleasure to outweigh yeah. the pain. And, you know, it's this constant, 
you'll never find the place where you're fully satisfied, right? That one bit of sex, right? That weird Uncle Frank sex will be great. And then you're right back there just like miserable yes. and hollow and empty, right? So is the, there is this damnation of sexuality throughout the franchise. And this one is is probably the most... Because even then, right, like Henry Cavill's character perfectly positioned as this kind of ultra frat guy. Yeah. There is something to the way that he just treats these people. Like when they just walk in, right, they even do that gratuitous boob shot. Necessary boob shot. <laughs> I think they had a chance to really kind of comment on this, right? This, yeah. This, you know, sexual devourer identity that some of these these young fucking horned up guys can take. Um. So, again, I think that's kind of the story of Hellworld, right? Is there's it, it at its very core like the game. It's kind of this hollow, vacuous area where you're just desperately wanting any theme to slip in. Yeah. And it doesn't. But on this facade level, it has all of these wonderful bits, right? I just I don't think they took the time to, to really make it. any of it matter that much, right? Or Lance Hendrickson as a father really have to even why did my son become this ultimate pleasure seeker? Yeah. Because I'm running around, right? So they had, I think that's the thing, right? It's it's a super fun movie. It has so many things. I think this could have been one of the better Hellraiser movies had they just had some of that connective tissue. I don't know about you. I never really landed on what character I think needed to be the heart of that movie. Mm. I think it's Lance, right? I think you you skipped that whole intro Whatever, and Lance Hendrickson's just going through finding out that all of his son and his friends have been gobbled up by this thing. So I think there's I don't want to lose like maniacal Lance at the middle of it. But no. I think there is a real lane awesome. there. Yeah, he's awesome. What do you what do you make of that, right? Yeah, I think no, this is a good point because it seems like in the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. They're they're trying to give us Chelsea. Right. As kind of the heart of this film. Mm -hmm. But then you also have Jack. There's a lot of like divided attention. Yeah. It's like it's hard to zero in on. OK, who am I really supposed to connect with here? Yes, exactly. And then and then once Lance Hendrickson's as the father is. <laughs> is introduced to us and it's like well i i want to connect with him he's the one i want yeah <laughs> and and he clearly has the most interesting story because this yeah. is a person who has i'm for him to have put this whole thing together clearly this is a person that's had a very interesting that is life. this is such a huge project to invent this virtual reality this torture chamber huge, huge. <laughs> and, and he did this, this shit in like a week yeah. He had one week to code this entire reality. It's bonkers. And you have like the real, you have like a next level guilt because this is a parent Yeah, that failed their child. Yes. But that's what I mean, right? So Lance yeah. Hendrickson being the father who's like, you know, out exploring ancient artifacts, whatever the fuck his job was, turns around and he's like, my absent, let my son fall into the internet probably a pretty prevalent fear of the time, right? Absolutely. So he seems like the vessel, right? Because our, our main girl, the blonde lady, she essentially has this, like, maybe this game's not good. And Henry Cavill's like, all right, we'll go to the party without you. <laughs> and, like, yeah. within 
three seconds of film time, she pulls up in an SUV and's like, get in, let's go. And you're like, so your response to that and the weight of the funeral and, you know, being called monsters for pushing this guy to his seeming suicide, right? His mental break and suicide is like, I don't know. Actually, I do want to go. Like, I'm still like, there's no there's no debate phase in this movie as far as, you know, like. Right. And, you know, and that's the thing. Maybe that's kind of the point, right, is when you're at that age, I don't know that we have those kind of abilities to slow our our desires right um oh for sure and a lot of the hellraiser movies are older people right that are hitting like uh, they're hitting middle age like us yes where we feel the the decay of our flesh we feel like oh no we might not be able to sexually push it to the limit that's where a lot of the fears in this series lay right putting it on these kids maybe it's just one of those where like they still are sexual gods in their minds so they don't have that (laughs) you know what i mean yeah, well, and, and 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 haven't bore the brunt of consequence. Yeah, because I I think that's one of the things about kind of the, one of the themes in the Hellraiser franchise is that like anyone can understand why you would want to pursue pleasure. Mm-hmm. The thing that separates the people that go all the way and end up in the realm of the Cenobites is that those people continually, constantly, it doesn't matter what the consequences are. Yeah. They will keep pushing and they know what the consequences are. Yeah. They've seen the consequences. Their pleasure must spill pain on everyone around. Yes, exactly. And you know, when you're young, you just, you're not even aware of the consequences. Like you don't even see that. Well, there's also this point, right? Because if you put Uncle Frank up against Henry Cavill in this film, right? <laughs> Henry Cavill's still a young, impossibly yeah. attractive guy. He thinks he runs the universe. He can just get blowjobs wherever the fuck he wants. It's hard to put that character in a world where any of the kind of themes of Hellraiser would actually give him a moment of pause. We right. know why he's scared when he sees Penhead and he sees the hook. We understand that moment of fear. The rest of it is not there. He is still his own little little god right at that point. So yeah. there there is this element of seeing it through the eyes of youth, which actually is going to come back in the next movie as well. It is. Where there is something, right? Because that, that's kind of the, the thing I love about the start of this, right? So Julia in part one and two is the great monster of those movies because she is a, a woman that just cannot – she has very little self-value. So her value comes from getting married to this other guy. Then Frank sexually awakens her and watching her over the course of those two movies, find some kind of inner power and strength, even though it takes this horrifying monstrous form is kind of the, the theme of the movie. Right? So when, when people seek pleasure that much to those extremes, I think it's like a time traveler movie, right? People who love their lives don't time travel. Why would you risk fucking up your awesome, perfect life? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, no one's like, I need to go back for answers. You're like, oh, I got all the answers. This shit is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, you don't Absolutely. go back and be like, well, what if I fuck it up and now I don't have this? I think that's what Hellraiser is, too, is these people who seek so much fucking pleasure cannot accept that they are not actually enjoying of it. And they don't face the inner pain of how how empty they are. Yeah. And I think that kind of thematic thing just didn't work with these these kind of empty, super attractive young people. They haven't had those those revelations yet. 
And that's why I think Lance is the the vessel that we want that to be in. But also him just being the kooky old, like, Vincent Price of the movie is wonderful, too. <laughs> He's totally the Vincent Price of this movie. Yeah. It's awesome. And that's the thing. Maybe if there was more flesh, you don't need the brain, right? Like, I think it's got to be yeah. one or the other, right? The best movies have both. But if you're going to kind of pull back on the brain and heart, just give us excesses of flesh. So I don't know. I mean, to wrap this up, I just I feel like this movie is definitely a fun entry in the franchise, right? There, there is a time and a place, this MTV vibe of watching these people get got is very enjoyable. But I think what, what is a little sad about this one, the, the pain behind the pleasure of this film, is I think this could have been a really good movie. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a fun little just empty calorie movie. I think this could have been an exceptionally good entry, especially for its time, I just don't know that they got all the way there. No, I'm with you. I think, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this. Yeah. I would watch it again. Oh, hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, but I do, I, I agree with you that I, I think there was so much, there's so much meat on the bone. Yeah. That was left. Just untouched. pounds of flesh un, untouched. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. they really, there's so much here mm-hmm. that they, could have gone deeper yeah and that's just like i don't watch attack of the killer tomatoes and be like you left a lot on the bone i want more exploration right i think hellraiser just set that bar yeah where you're like there's so many fun i mean that's why it's so iconic and cool there's so many ways to which that those characters in that world lets you examine the stuff we really want to dig into yeah. But either way, we got a fun entry. It's a fun send off for uh, Doug Bradley. I wish he had had a little more run because this is the last. And I don't know at the time that we knew this was the last time we were going to see Doug Bradley as Pinhead. Um, knowing it after silence, the fact, you know, yeah, like, God. I mean, I, I've always said, right, like I know everyone is Robert England is Freddie, right? Tony Todd is Candyman. There are a couple of those characters that yes. are so up here that it's hard to even imagine anyone else being able to take the mantle, right? And I think Doug Bradley's in that category. I think some people would have said Tim Curry as Pennywise until, you know, we got our new Pennywise and he was fantastic right. too. Um, so the, the next movie we're doing tomorrow, Hellraiser Revelations, is kind of the the franchise reboot. Um, you know, again mixed reactions to it but i'm excited to talk that one out um we bid a fond farewell to doug Brother. i didn't i know i mentioned this with alex i actually just met him at a horror convention this summer <gasps> yeah jealous. him and kane hotter and john kassir who are the voice of the crypt keeper were all there yeah joe bob and darcy were supposed to be but they backed out to go to real comic-con which i don't blame them uh, well, but i was sad you know. but i will never get over the joy of my life is when i walked up and i was like hey can i get this That's autographed amazing. i'm a huge fan and he goes Yes, thank you, Griffey. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just melted inside. I'm um, so jealous. That's rad. That's what I'm saying. So whatever these movies were in Doug's run, anytime I got to see Doug Bradley as Penhead, I'm watching that movie for certain. So, yes. again, I think he's an all-time horror icon. Uh, but the show must go on, man. As the flesh decays, more flesh must be put in the fucking chain of nipple prosthetics. <laughs> Um, All right, so Carmelita, thanks for joining us. We will be back tomorrow as we continue our horror movie mega marathon. This has a lot of names now. We haven't really branded it with one specific name. (laughs) 31 days, 31 pods. Tomorrow we are back with Hellraiser 
Revelations, and Carmelita joining us for the, the final run of these Hellraiser movies leading up to the new Hellraiser release. So exciting times, guys. Again, patreon.com slash pod to make sure you can get all of the movies this month among with lots of other fun stuff, right? Lots of flesh to explore over there. We have a whole library, commentaries, all kinds of fun stuff for you over there. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Find us on the socials. Leave those ratings and reviews. Uh, That's all. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye.